morning. It's October 29th, and you are listening to a Tuesday Newsday edition of the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news, all within 15 minutes or fewer. I'm Connor Tapp, and I'm joined as ever by 24-7 Sports College Sports Editor, Trey Scott. Trey, Monday was a pretty busy day on the name, image, and likeness front for college athletes. And before it's all said and done, it sounds like Tuesday could potentially be even busier. Yeah, it looks like it could be an interesting one on the uh, news landscape. Per Dennis Dodd of CBSSports.com, a set of principles regarding the name, image, and likeness rights for college athletes will be presented Tuesday by a working group to the NCAA Board of Governors. Details of those principles were not shared. So, Connor, this is a group that was formed about five months ago to, of course, examine name, image, and likeness issues. So, this sounds exciting. And, you know, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, okay. Like, are college athletes a step closer to getting paid? And is the NCAA football video game going to return soon? But it was stressed by Bob Bullsby and Gene Smith, who are on the group, that Tuesday's step, quote, won't be much. Says Bullsby, it's not going to be a short process there aren't going, or it, yeah, it's not going to be a short process. There aren't going to be any answers. We actually, I think, came to a comfortable place for most people in the room. So it seems like they're sort of just like floating out, maybe just like, hey, what what do you guys think about this? What do you guys want us to do with whatever whatever they're going to present? But I don't think we're going to get anything massive. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting because kind of the the timeline on this was the. I forget when exactly this working group was originally formed, but it was before we were started getting rumblings that California was looking at passing this Fair Pay to Play Act, which has kind of changed the landscape on this conversation. And as this is going on, we're like, okay, so what's that working group, that name image like this working group that the NCAA has? What are they, what's going on there? So it'll be interesting to finally get some sort of end product Bowlesby certainly seems interested in kind of downplaying our expectations on that front. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, Connor, it, it, Connor yep. real, uh, it was formed in May, which feels like, you know, 90,000 news cycles ago. And as ever, the NCAA is the slowest moving ship in the entire world. Wait, was it formed this May? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It feels uh, like a much longer time ago, though. So just to circle back and get the timeline on this, around the same time as each other in May, the state of California started pursuing the name, image, and likeness legislation known as the Fair Pay to Play Act that has now been signed into a law around the same time that the NCAA formed this working group. So as this bill was kind of advancing out of committee and going through all the steps needed to become a law, we've kind of been wondering, so hey, what's what's going on with that NCAA working group on name, image, and likeness? And they're just kind of like, yeah, we're working on it. We'll have our report. So it will be interesting to finally see some kind of end product that presumably offers some sort of response to the way the facts on the ground have changed uh, throughout the country. This, uh, it, although Bob Bowlesby certainly seems to be doing everything that he can to kind of downplay our expectations for what we're actually going to see. So it'll be interesting to see what we get. That was not the only news, though, that we got on the name, image, and likeness front on Monday. The NFL Players Association and the National College Players Association announced that they are embarking upon a collaborative effort to explore how college athletes from all sports can, in their words, 
finally receive fair compensation for use of their name, image, and likeness. Under REP Worldwide, the group that is the licensing the group that is the license under REP Worldwide, the group that is the licensing subsidiary of NFL Players Inc., they will look into how they can advance and market the group licensing rights of college athletes of all sports. And now this is the part that I think is potentially significant and changes the conversation on name individual like this a bit, depending on how aggressively they end up pursuing this. This is from their statement. To date, college athletes, group licensing, and broadcast rights have been sold by schools, conferences, and the NCAA. These organizations take all revenues and profit derived off the athletes' work without even acknowledging that athletes deserve a fair share. Under this new partnership, the NFLPA and the NCPA will explore opportunities for merchandise, gaming, and other officially licensed products. We will also review how recent developments impact television broadcast revenues in pursuit of fairness. So, I mean, we've been talking about this from the angle of, hey, you know, if Tua Tungabailoa wants to do an ad for a car dealership down the street in Tuscaloosa, then, hey, have at it, bud, as kind of like the fallout of this legislation. But it's coming after a slice of the TV revenue pie, as, as far as I know, new information, and I think potentially could rock the, rock the boat a little bit here. Uh, maybe it's just a... a a bargaining chip that you don't expect to get, but I, I don't. I don't necessarily know that uh, uh, schools and the NCAA were hoping that this, things would go down this road here. It's quite the bargaining chip. It's uh, wow. That if that I don't even know what what you could work in with that. But it, I, you you throw that out there and that changes the entire game. That changes conference realignment. That changes everything. So maybe yeah, Connor. Maybe that's this just like. They're, they're making like the highest offer they could possibly want and, and then being absolutely down to settle in the middle for merchandising and gaming, um, which is probably what, what's the most fair thing anyway. Uh, gaming, obviously, will be on a lot of people's radar with NCAA. I think as we sort of wrap all of this up in my head, certainly you know I'm dizzy from all of these uh, things here. It feels like the NCAA has already lost its, this battle. Right, like California is. This is happening in California in 2023, as far as players being paid by likeness. There's 12 other states that are exploring such an option, and the NCAA. The last thing they can have is 50 or 49 different states operating differently, as far as as far as their athletes being able to be compensated for their likeness. That would be an absolute disaster. Think about that from the the standpoint of a conference from you know recruiting the NCAA can't have that so something has to be uniform here and I, we'll see if the working group has caught up to that obviously it sounds like it'd be a massive surprise if they announce anything that they're ready to go but they I, I think they have to beat that 2023 timeline that California has presented because college athletics will not be the same if California is on a different playing field so we're going to see but I, I think the NCAA has no choice here but to finally catch up to the times. Uh, and it feels like most people do favor college athletes being able to profit off of their likeness. Uh, uh, we're gonna take real, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, uh, 2023, that might be generous because some other states are looking to implement as soon as 2020, I believe. And, and who knows what other how quickly other states uh, that continue to kind of go down the legislative path here how how quickly they will be looking to implement their their new laws as well. 
That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, going to have an update on the most important ankle in college football. We are back, and, well, so is Tua Tunga-Vailoa. He's expected to return to practice on Wednesday for Alabama. A week and change after the junior quarterback underwent a procedure to repair a high ankle sprain on the right ankle he injured in the Tennessee game a few Saturdays ago. Um, But with the LSU game looming as a battle-of-the-century type affair on November 9th, Coach Nick Saban is making no guarantees about Tua's status. Riata quote. We're not making any predictions. So is it fair to question that? We can't know. I can't know. I've got no crystal ball. I don't know how he's going to do in Wednesday's practice. I don't know how he'll do after that. So is it fair to say I don't know? I don't know. Nobody knows. Unquote. The tide are off this week. <laughs> I feel like my uh, wife, who is a physical therapist, would be very appreciative of the honesty of that of, of that response. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, we're hopeful, but... Ultimately, we don't know how his ankles are going to respond when we go out there. And I think that's, you know, in this situation, as, as candid as an answer as I think you could get. And, and it'll be interesting to see how Nick Saban kind of tries to manage the national media's expectations and the, and the fan expectations uh, as we get closer and closer to that pivotal clash against LSU. Because, I mean, we're all going to feel cheated. To, oh. to a significant degree if we don't get at least, I don't know, 80% Tua for this game? Well, Alabama needs 80% Tua, as I've said before. But yes, yes, we we need full Tua at full health um, here because this could be one of the best games you know we've seen ever. Yeah. I, I, that's hyperbolic, but we'll see. I think the winner, if we do get Tua versus Joe Burrow, I think the winner of that clash is going to emerge as probably the Heisman front runner. But lurking in the background is Ohio State's Chase Young. After his four-sack performance in Ohio State's win over Wisconsin on Saturday, you're starting to see people advocate for the Buckeye edge rusher as a Heisman candidate in more places now than just the far-flung reaches of college football nerdery. Betting services are starting to give Young some relatively long-shot odds to win the Stiff Arm Trophy this year, with one service giving him 25-1 to odds, which translates to an implied probability of roughly 3.8%. That's not zero, but it's a far cry from where Tua Tungavailoa stands at 16.7% and where Joe Burrow stands at 55.6%. Ohio State is on a bye this week, but Young will have an opportunity to pad those stats on November 9th and 16th against Maryland and Rutgers before stepping back into the national spotlight for games against Penn State and Michigan. And even though there's no reason really to pay attention to those Maryland and Rutgers games, sorry, Tani, um, that one one critical Chase Young storyline will be, does he rack up enough sacks during those games? And, you know, it might be, there's a very good argument for not playing him very much during those games to chip into the lead that Terrell Suggs has in the all-time uh, NCAA officially recognized sack record. I know there's some controversy there, but that's not our focus right now. Um, uh, Young is at 13.5 sacks right now. Uh, 24 is the officially recognized record. If if hitting that mark is in play by the time we start getting to those games against Penn State and against Michigan, maybe, just maybe, he ends up getting enough exposure to, assuming he capitalizes on those opportunities with big performances, to at least get an invite to New York as, as a Heisman finalist. Schedule could not break out any 
any easier for him. You're absolutely right. Two cupcake games and then two massive ones in which he could you know, be chasing the record on national television. College Game Day is broadcasting from Memphis this weekend for the Top 25 Showdown of the Tigers versus SMU. Winner gets pole position for a New Year's Six Bowl. I guess most notably about this is this is the second week in a row. Game Day is going a bit off the beaten path. Last week, they were doing what seems like their yearly episode from the Dakotas. I don't really mind. This Week 10 slate is eh, pretty weak. But, uh, yeah, Memphis is not you know quite the, quite the national powerhouse. All right. Well, that is going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, we ask that you do one thing this week to help us spread the word about the show. Ideally, one of those things would be leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. But if you want to hire a skywriter to spread the word about the College Football Daily, hey, that would be fine, too. For Trey Scott and our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you on Wednesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. 